ideas, inspiration, innovation. This is The Game Changer. And now here's your host, Chickie Fitzgerald. Good afternoon. This is Chickie Fitzgerald with the Executive Girlfriends Group, and it is April 4th. And it is only fitting that we have this particular author and this particular book, because today is my mother-in-law's birthday, and we lost her last year, but she has been on our minds today. And the book that we're going to be talking about is called Like My Mother Always Said, and the subtitle is Wise Words, witty warnings, and odd advice that we never forget. And I am so excited to have back on the show Erin McHugh. Erin, welcome. Oh, I'm so happy to be back. Hello there, Chickie. I know we were just saying it feels like we're such old friends. I had interviewed Erin at the uh, Miami Book Fair a couple of years ago, and I'll never forget when uh, the uh, organization that runs the book fair called me their publicist called me and she said, you know, I'd like you to come to this book fair. And I had in my mind like this little tiny thing at a fairground. Oh, so funny. Um, you know, I had never so heard of the that. Miami book fair. <laughs> <laughs> and so I got to pick who I wanted to interview face to face. And I don't normally do face to face interviews. And uh, I was just so delighted excuse me, delighted when you and I got to uh, sit face-to-face and talk for an hour. And then I think what happened was I found out that my recording wasn't working well, so we had to do it again. <laughs> Maybe that's Twice why we like such good for one friends. time. It was funny. So, Erin, why don't you tell our listeners uh, a little bit about you before we jump into uh, what got you uh, to this particular book, and maybe you can uh, say a few words about your previous book that we talked about, too. Okay, Chickie. Um, I was uh, somebody who's been in the um, publishing business for all my career, so, you know, about 35 years now, which, you know, certainly makes me over 45. I guess you can figure that out. And... um, (laughs) I uh, spent a lot of time marketing and advertising other people's books. And then at one point about, I guess, nine years ago, I said to myself, you know what, it's time to, I've got some ideas of my own. Let me start writing my own books, and I have. And um, I've written lots and lots of books in that time, many of them very short, but I'm getting on to about 25 published books now. And um, Chickie and I met, uh, again, as she said, about a year and a half ago, when I was in Miami promoting my last book, which was called One Good Deed. And the subtitle there is 365 Days of Trying to Be Just a Little Bit Better. And uh, that's what I did. I tried to do uh, just a good deed, even if it was small, for uh, a whole year. And uh, believe me, you know, I'm not as any nicer than the next person, and sometimes <laughs> less so. And uh, so there were days where there was some foot dragging, but, you know, that was part of the journey. And much of it, uh, and, but the whole thing was, was extremely rewarding and a lot of fun. And the way I got to this next book was I was touring around with the book as, as, as the, with the time I met Chickie. And uh, I was staying at a friend's house overnight, and I'd been, I hadn't seen her for a while, and I'd now been there five or six hours, and she said, I'll tell you what you should do next. And I said, what? She said, since you've been here with me, You've said three times, like my mother always said. And right away I said, that, that is, can't be true, because I just didn't feature myself as that person. 
You know, right. but I was always saying my mom this or my mom that. My mother's been gone 20 years, so it's not even like it's something current. And um, she said, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. She named off the three things that I had said. Oh, how funny. And I said, I, that just seems odd to me. But I guess, you know, my guess is that everybody does the same thing without even knowing it. Because well, really and it's what, so funny because the, I was just commenting on, you know, I just love the way the book looks. And it's, uh-huh. a, it's a small, small book. It's it's smaller than an average hardbound book. A little gift but the, size. On the cover or on the back cover, it's got a bunch of these, which is, uh, starts with walk in as if you own the place, mm-hmm. wear a sweater, I'm cold, <laughs> learn to type but don't tell anybody, uh-huh. have a drink, you'll perk right up, you like what you're wearing. Don't be impressed by a man's car. He may be living in it. And I will tell you, uh, my mother is also gone. She's been gone for, gosh, I, I think almost 12 or 13 years. And um, my favorite was if you asked her if, if uh, she liked what you were wearing, she'd say, yeah, if you dye it black and throw it away, it'd be great. <laughs> now, why didn't you write to me? That is hilarious. Uh, I should a, have. Another, another one like that that I loved and was very Southern. Uh, uh, a friend of mine said that uh, every time, you know, she was a, a grown-up, and every time she saw her mother, her mother would sort of give her the up and down, and she'd say, um, well, aren't you wearing your hair just the way you like it? <laughs> oh, how funny. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, again, you skip a beat. You think, wait, what? <laughs> oh, anyway, I, you know, funny. so um, I went out, and I started to ask friends, and I emailed everybody I knew, and I went on Facebook, and I went on Twitter, and um, and every it, it got to be like a gigantic parlor game. Everybody wanted to join in, and they told their friends, and they passed it on. So by the time the book was finished, there were tons of people I'd never even met before, never, you know, now I was e- emailing them and, and laughing back and forth, but these were all new friends I was meeting. So it was it was pretty funny, and it was a ton of fun, as I say, it really became just like a giant parlor game. Everybody wanted to join in. And one thing Well, I, I will to... I will tell you that just from looking through the book and I, I won't won't claim to have made it all the way through, but I just love the format. And and because it is all of these individual quotes, you know, they had to use some real creativity in right in page layout and the use of color and putting white text on black and right. and Making black them text little, on look white. like a little little uh, little cartoon balloons and yeah and yeah like and i will tell you that if anybody is looking for uh, especially for a mothers day present but uh for a uh, a present for any dear friend this mm-hmm. is it well, and of course, what does it have on the front of it? But a chicky Fitzgerald. <laughs> it does. It does it has so a, I a can be a, a quote in your next book. book. Pardon me. <laughs> I can be one of the quotes in your next That's book. That's right. Then. That's right. Well, with any luck, if this goes as well as we as we think it is going to, then I'll be uh, looking at you know what my father always said. So oh, everybody, get ready to, to chime in. Um, oh, and I'll, so I'll tell you a father story really quickly. Oh, please do. Uh, we were driving into the neighborhood uh, last weekend, and my son uh, is a fisherman. He is 13 years old, and he loves to fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would fish night, day, you know, take off school, whatever. Um, and as we're driving down the road, he said, oh, so-and-so that caught a redfish lives there. And then 
you know, we'd drive a little bit further, and oh, when I was with that person, we caught a sheep's head. And so I told him, and my father is also gone, has been gone for a long time, and my dad was a minister. And my father's frame of reference is he'd say, oh, yeah, I sat next to a Baptist on the on the airplane. <laughs> like, huh? But, you know, everybody finds out what, you know, the other person does that relates to them, and then they hone in on that and, you know, kind of forget that anything else exists. That's right. That's right. Well, it's funny. When I started getting the stories in, um, you know, every once in a while I get something that was extremely inappropriate. And then you have to be, you know, you don't want to offend anybody, but you're right back and I say, you know, I'm afraid your grandmother was sort of blue. And I, I, I maybe you've got something else you remember her saying. You want to say, I'm not putting <laughs> that in the book. Right. <laughs> but what was really surprising to me was I think if you, if you look through, about 35 or 40% of the people – who chimed in, and again, some of them are, are you know, page-long stories, and some of them are just small clips, but were men. And I was sort of surprised, and I thought, you know what, I shouldn't be surprised. Men just love their mothers. <laughs> and they all right. had some very sweet, nice things to say, and it was, uh, it was, um, it was unexpected, and I was happy to see it. Well, that is very cool, and and you're right. I mean, there are lots of great one one liners in here, but mm-hmm. uh, some really poignant stories as well. So, what what is your favorite? Well, no, you can't say favorite because then you defend somebody else. But yeah, tell me some of some of the stories that stuck in your mind. The you most. know, I have to say, probably one of my one of my favorites, and and what stuck in my mind. When you hear this, you'll say it's a favorite is an odd word to use, maybe um, several times. Uh, you know, when I was sending out this ask to people, would, would, you, would you like to, um, you know, have something to say and, and, and give me a quote or whatever, um, I got people, and they would be people whose mother had maybe died in the last several years, and they were still, I think, sort of raw, and they would say, oh, I wrote my mother's eulogy. Can I send that to you again? You don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but usually a eulogy is not, that something that is that is going to be where you could get a sound bite from, you know, right, really right, or really meaningful sort of, to a broad range of right, people, right, right. <laughs> that's really what sort of what the book is about. But you know, this is a friend, and I said, oh, please, Tina, send me, send along, you know, your eulogy. I'm not sure that it's going to work, but I'd love to see it because I know how close you were to your mother. So she sends it along, and I start to read it, and I find myself cutting and pasting, cutting and pasting, cutting and pasting. Now I've got a list of about eight things. And I'm looking at them all, and first I should tell you about this woman. Her, her mother and her dad came over from Germany right after the war, uh, from World War II, and they did not know each other, um, but they married and, and both moved to Buffalo, and, and, uh, and I, I think is where they met. They were both Jews and lost everybody in their family, their brothers and sisters, their mothers and fathers, and uh, whether this was something that brought this man and woman together, I don't know. But she was quite lively and died just last year at 103, when her name is Herta. So, I again, I didn't want to offend Tina, her daughter, and I wrote to her and I said, Tina, you know, there are some things that your mother said that you, that you, that you pointed out in, your, in the eulogy, and I'd like to send you a list of some of the things I picked out um, because uh, as I look at them, I find that they're sort of thematic. Would that be okay? Yes, she said, please do. So I sent it to her, and I hear right back from her in the email. And she said, I don't see that. I don't see anything. 
And I said, Tina, they're all about survival. Oh, and they wow. were. They were every last one of them about, um, you know, but all very, very upbeat and, um, and you know, very positive. And she had never, here are some of them right now, don't tell anybody anything unless it's necessary and think on it first. Mm. Sticks and stones can break your bones, but silence can break your heart. Live in the present, look forward to the future, and refuse to be dominated by the past. There is no such thing as love. There is only proof of love. And you mm. think to yourself, how could this woman come out of this all those years ago and, and have such forward, positive, loving feelings, you know? And these are the things that she left to her daughter, the, the, the things that her daughter remembered, you know? And it's, right. it's amazing, and it was so heartfelt. And so it was a wonderful way to... Um, for I think for Tina to be able to, another wonderful way for her to remember her mom and for right, you know right. and and a lesson for all no no doubt about it well and I love it that you have taken all of these which you know some of them may seem random but mm-hmm. you have you have grouped them all together and so you've got one one section called oh mom and boy yeah. do I hear that all the <laughs> like time like the eye rolling right <laughs> yeah <laughs> love <laughs> sex and marriage um, ouch family relations, personal hygiene and good health, unconditional love, keeping up appearances, good advice, good manners and bad behavior, wise words, questionable wisdom, and mom learned it all from grandma. And, you know, I think it's interesting looking through that list, Erin, because I think each one of us could say which one of those categories our mom would have spent the most time talking about. (laughs) And my mom, you know, my mom was the unconditional love one. And, you know, she didn't talk about appearances. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure at some time she talked about personal hygiene and good health and good manners. But those things were more assumed that you just knew. And I was the third of three girls. So she probably got a lot of that out on my older sister. (laughs) Right, right. Or maybe by the time she got to you, the love might have been not so unconditional. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was, though. I mean, that that was one thing I really learned from her. And it's funny because I always wanted to be like my mom, but I was so much like my dad. And (laughs) and that wasn't – I mean, my dad was an amazing man, but he was not what I would have wanted to model my motherhood after. Right, right. But – you know, but I'm less patient than I should be, and you know I'm an older mom too. I'm I am fifty uh, something, and my kids are uh, a sophomore in high school and a seventh grader. Uh-huh. Wow, so. yeah, you still got a ways to go. <laughs> I do, I do. Oh, you know, it's funny you say the unconditional love thing. Um, the uh, author Brad Meltzer, who I don't know if you've read, but he's a very famous best-selling. Uh, a thriller writer, and he's a great, great, great guy, and very, um, very giving, and you know, somebody who always gives back to the community. And he lives uh, down in Miami, in fact. And he, uh, I know that he was very close to his mother, and she died just a couple of years ago. And I said, Brad, could you give me something for the book? And and he said, I, I don't think I can. It's too painful. And I said, Well, how about this? I've seen a couple of things that you've written about your mother. And here they are. Could I use them? Yes, he said, as long as I don't have to think about it. So very, very sweet. And one was a story that he told of uh, his first book, which came out about 10 years ago, and he wanted to know it was finished, and, and, and he wanted to show it to his mother, but he was afraid. What, it was, what if it was awful, and what if she didn't like it, and all that stuff. So he finally handed it over to her, and she read it. She came to him, and she said, 
Bradley, I know you're, um, I know I'm your mother and that this is going to sound crazy, but I have to tell you the truth. This book is the best book that has ever been written. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that is so great. And, you know, as, as you were telling that story, I was thinking, I wonder what things, you know, those of us who are moms are saying right. to our kids now and right. how much of this we're repeating. I mean, you know, you were saying that when you were in the in the room with your friend that she mm-hmm. was saying that. So as I'm reading it, I'll have to, you know, maybe use a, a checkmark system. That's right. Well, a lot of people would say, I don't have anything. Well, let me ask my kids. And then I, then their kids would come back to me and say, are you kidding? Well, we're going to tell you this about our mom. And then, you know, the mom who <laughs> might be my age or younger would say, hey, wait a minute. No, 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 wait, you know. <laughs> Do I say that? You know, so it got to be pretty funny in that way, too. So there are some places where I have a generation, you know, one or two uh, or three generations of people of the same family talking. Right. Oh, that that sounds great. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's so funny because, and I don't know if you remember this from our last conversation, but um, although I do have a, a, an almost 16-year-old and almost 14-year-old, I have really only been a mom for the last uh, two and a half years because my husband was Mr. Mom for the first, you know, whatever years of my daughter's life. Uh And um, we had a live-in nanny, and I traveled all the time. So I didn't get to be the mom, um, you know, other than, you know, kind of breezing in on the weekends. And, you know, I would, when my daughter was two, I'll never forget, I came home and our nanny from Peru had only been here a short period of time. And I went to buy yogurt, I think it was, at the grocery store. And she said, oh, well, we don't feed Kira that anymore. <laughs> and I thought, well, I didn't get the memo. And uh, it's funny now because Fidelia, who, uh, you know, had been our nanny for seven years, mm-hmm. um, ended up getting married. And we had put her through college. And now she's a mom. And they live uh, about an hour away. So, uh uh, now I can remind her of some of the things she said to me. <laughs> right, it's a whole new world. You know, I have to, one of the uh, I, the uh, people often ask me, "Well, what did you hear the most?" And you know, far and away, I heard. <laughs> and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, maybe I, maybe I got it for fifty, sixty people. And when I start telling you, and your listeners will hear it too, uh, what it is, you'll know what I'm gonna say. People would say all the time, oh, oh, I'll tell you what my mother always said. Every time I would leave the house, she would say, don't, and I would say, don't even tell me. And it was, you know, make sure you're wearing clean underpants that don't have any holes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> and so people would start to say, oh, 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 you know what my mother, and I'd say, stop, because you know what? I already have a story from somebody who actually got run over by a car. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> And she said she's right in the middle of Park Avenue and 90th Street here in Manhattan. She got run over. She was walking her dogs. The dogs escaped. Everybody turned out fine. I mean, she went to the hospital and had some, <coughs> excuse me, some broken bones. But in the main, everything turned out fine. In fact, she has this shoe. She had, I think, a Prada shoe on when she got run over. And she had the shoe bronzed and put on a stand. Has it in her living room. <laughs> So what were some of the other top ones that were repeated? Oh, I, you know, there were the things that, uh, one that I had forgotten that my mother would say, not very often because it had to be something you were really in trouble about. But, um, and, and this makes no sense, but you'll probably remember it, remember it you know, 
um, you know, whenever I got in trouble, my somebody said my mom would really go off and say, "What's wrong with you? We're going to lose our house." <laughs> <laughs> Which makes no sense at all, but you know. Um, oh, that's funny. One of my another favorite. Uh, you already read that off the back of it about the man's the uh, man's car. He could be living in it. Um, right. But. Uh, uh, I did had a, a woman who was, um, and I thought, well, I would like to meet her. I only know her daughter, and, and only vaguely. But two of my favorites she had, which was, it's good to get your first marriage over with, and May is a good month for a facelift. And I thought, <laughs> who gives this kind of advice? <laughs> but I'm dying to meet her. I also loved the woman who said, there are thousands of opportunities to keep your mouth shut. Use them. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm looking at the one. I love this one. If you have to tell someone you are, chances are you're not. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. There were some funny, funny things. Well, my, I remember my mom telling me it was very in that same vein. Uh, my oldest sister, when she was young, would, and she was always heavy, uh, is, you know, still fights her weight today, mm-hmm. but was a chunky, uh, you know, toddler and, and uh, she was standing in front of a mirror and saying, Mommy, aren't I pretty? And my mom said, Yes, you are, but please let other people tell you so that you can, you know, find out from them or something oh, like that. Yes, 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 and, yes, that's so good. Yeah, and so my son was saying to me the other day, because we're investing a lot of money in my daughter in her golf game, because we had a, a uh, spectacular business failure a few years ago and so any money that might have been in a college fund is long gone and we haven't had the time to build it back up Mm -hmm. and so uh we're you know she had said to me that she wanted to get a job now that she's going to be turning 16 i said no you know your job is getting a golf scholarship babe so my (laughs) son was trying to figure out what it was he wanted to do Mm -hmm. and he's decided he wants to focus on tennis and he's got a lot longer to work on it. So, you know, we're, again, willing to get him lessons. And he said, oh, Mom, I'm going to get really good at tennis this summer. And so I, I you know, kind of took the same hybrid of, of that same uh, philosophy and just said, well, why don't you just work your hardest and then let other people tell you how, how well you're doing? Right, right, exactly. Well, it's funny. You know, you think to this, uh, thinking about the whole thing the other day, and I thought, again, with the eye rolling, all the things that you spent all that time growing up, rolling your eyes about, you find our has somehow, um, by osmosis, sort of dribbled their way into your soul. And they're all <laughs> yeah. in there. And suddenly you open your mouth and guess what? You're your mother. <laughs> well, I'm actually much more sarcastic than I think my mother was ever capable of being. <laughs> My kids call me the the uh, the the queen of Sarcastia, the planet Sarcastia. Ah, that's nice. <laughs> and that's I funny. do speak sarcasm fluently. I can assure you. <laughs> well, Erin, what's next for you? You you uh, uh, joked a little bit about you know, like my father always said, but well, I think I that's actually so. a well, great we a, idea. Yep. Well, we hope so. Um, you know, hoping on that. Um, I'm doing, I've got a couple of books coming up, a little quote book for uh, the great publisher, Anders McNeil, that I'm uh, working on now that is just um, just a little sort of something to slip in your pocket that's sort of hip and fun that will be called A Good Book for a Bad Day. And oh, just I love sort of, it. Uh, you know, some, some, some great quotes. I, I, you know, 
what I'm what I'm as I'm working on it, I'm you know trying to be again a little more a little hipper, a little more cutting edge. It's not going to be sort of I wouldn't think much of an enlightening or spiritual look at the world, but a little more again a little more sarcastic. I have to say that so far my favorite quote that I've found is from Mike Tyson, and it is um, uh, they all have a plan until I hit them once in the head. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why oh. that strikes me as so funny, but you know it's true. <laughs> <laughs> so that, and I've also got a, um, a a little book coming out that I'm going to be, that I'm just starting to work on. It's going to come out at the beginning of 2016 because, of course, that'll be election year again. Although it feels like it already is. Really. And it is going to be called uh, Political Suicide, and the subtitle will be something about you know scandals and bad bets and backroom. Stuff, all the sorts of things. Oh wow! So you got a lot to. of material for that yes. book already. <laughs> a lot of it. Thank you, Chris Christie. I said, you know, I said well, so right as I was doing this proposal, I thought this is like manna from heaven. So, no kidding. Know, well, so it gives you a whole new perspective on watching the news. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> so you know, it'll be one just fun, short, you know, three, four, five hundred word, uh, you know, sort of little vignettes and stories of all through American politics from the. You know, I've already got some some sort of fascinating stuff from the 1700s about um, the uh, just the kind of people stuff people get themselves in trouble with. And right. Somebody was saying to me the the other day something about well, you know you just think why do people tell lies? They just really think that they're not going to get ever get caught. I said, why do people tell lies? I said, it, you would think there would be you would think that there would be no politicians in the world the way people tell <laughs> lies. You would think everybody you know. <laughs> The things that they go blindly into a campaign with, thinking that people aren't going to find out, is just you know, not these days. Really, it's not like, really? It's not like maybe or maybe not knowing about Marilyn Monroe and JFK. Now you can't <laughs> walk down this block without you know everybody knowing it. So. Right, right. Well, Erin, I I can't wait uh, actually to read all of those, and and actually I'm going to. Uh, uh, Put this book where I could just pick it up when when I do need a lift because uh, you are just so much fun. I think there's a, in fact, somebody said in the front of it, Erin uh, McHugh, you never have just a bit of fun. <laughs> that was my mother, and that's the one I remember most. You know, I was always off to do something, go somewhere, whatever it was. I was always on it, never missing a right. beat. And my mother would always, you know, she would try not to be la- smiling, and she would say, Erin McHugh, you never have a bit of fun. As if she was, you know, just feeling so bad for me, but it was all a joke, and so that uh, that was the uh, my the epigraph for the book because it's so true. <laughs> well, I, I tell you what, I have never laughed as much as as the first two times I interviewed you for the for the first interview we had. Um, Aaron, why don't you tell folks how they can reach you if they want to follow you on Twitter? You know, what's the best uh, sure. way to uh, keep my, in touch? My Twitter handle is Erin Here, and so that's E-R-I-N-H-E-R-E, Erin Here. Um, and uh, you can reach me there. I'm also on Facebook. And, again, my name's Erin McHugh, M-C-H-U-G-H. You'll find me there. And the, all my books are sold wherever books are sold, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, lots of gift shops and, uh, you know, especially a book like this 
because it'll be a big Easter gift and, of course, a huge Mother's Day gift, we hope. Yeah, exactly. So. And, and again, if if you just need to send a book to lift somebody's spirits, yeah. not even having a, no. a holiday, I mean, uh, right. this is a, it. A mother's birthday or a, uh, a shower or something like right. that, it's, it's uh it's really it's really fun stuff as they say in the uh in the movie reviews I laughed I cried. <laughs> <laughs> well, Erin, I love you and uh, yeah, I can't you. wait. Uh, I haven't been to New York uh hardly at all. I think I was there once for a day. Uh, but the next time I am in town, uh, we will definitely grab a glass of wine or a cup of coffee or something. Well, we've got to. That's all. And anybody else, give me a call. Hit me up. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Erin. Well, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. You and too, uh, thanks for those of you who are listening. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm going to cough now. <coughs> I made it all the way through a half an hour show without coughing. I've had a cough all week. Okay. Um, anyway, for those of you who would like to know a little bit more about the Executive Girlfriends Group, we, too, are on Facebook, Executive Girlfriends Group, and the same thing on the web, executivegirlfriendsgroup.com. Erin, have a great, great weekend, and uh, enjoy that spring weather that's coming New York way. Okay, give me a call, and hey, everybody, thanks for listening. Okay, take care, Erin. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Game Changer. Ideas. Inspiration. Innovation. With Chickie Fitzgerald. 